0: One of the most important aspects of growing up or getting older is that sometimes our views change and sometimes for the better and sometimes maybe not. But that's what we're asking everyone today. What are some priorities that you've held close to your chest over your life that have changed? Here on Behind Every Story. What's up everyone, my name's Jason and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening. I love stories from comic books to films, songs to jokes, sitting around a campfire with a a good buddy or being in an audience filled with strangers being enveloped by a story. I love hearing people's stories. Like I love going to the grocery store and just asking people what's the coolest thing that's happening in their life lately. But more importantly, I really love hearing behind those stories, where their life went to get to that story. This show is the proverbial director's commentary on the movie of life. This is episode number 35 of 50 of the COVID 50. Before we begin, a note of warning. The topics we explore on this show may not be suitable for all listeners. This podcast deals with real people and real stories. These stories may contain and deal with graphic language, adult themes, sexual content, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we're discussing what is a priority that has changed over the time in your life. And if you hear a little bit of scratching, uh, this is my cat Rex as he wants to do nothing else but to howl in the background. And this is actually the uh, fourth time I'm recording this intro right here. Um, because he loves to jump up and be a vocal presence. <laughs> so he is sitting on my lap right now and I'm quelling him with some head pats. He's not really having it. But we are talking about priorities over your life that have changed. For instance, when I was young, I was very anti-drugs and alcohol, so much so that even like mentioning them around me, like that someone drank, I immediately thought very negative thoughts about them. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, My mom was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. And I say was, but that's not really the terminology. When you're in AA, you learn that alcoholism never really stops. You just continue being an alcoholic, but you can choose to drink or not. So I grew up in a household that did partake in the AA system, and I was an alitot and alatine, and and growing up in this kind of household was really emotional and physical damaging. Um, so being the child of an alcoholic family. I viewed drugs and alcohol in a very negative light, especially when my mom started working with uh, drug rehabilitation uh, counselors. And she she was a counselor. And she would come home, and I would see the toll that her job took on her. And it always made me feel like I couldn't do anything. And it was that kind of thing that just, sent me over the edge that when I heard about like people my own age in high school were drinking, I just immediately cut them out of my head as anyone of importance. Like I just like, they're not important. They're not good people. Um, It wasn't until college when I got to be around much more people. I think that's one of the things I really love about college and the time of college is you are surrounded by people that you probably thought before that you would never hang out with. And you're enveloped by different cultures and mindsets and thoughts and philosophies. And my priority that changed over my life at that point, being of drugs and alcohol, kind of waned. And it wasn't because I was getting into it because really I've never enjoyed drinking. It's just not my thing. Um, I have done weed. And I love the pain relief aspects. But as soon as I start to get high, I absolutely hate the feeling. I don't like being out of control. But now I can happily say it doesn't bother me if someone drinks or does drugs. It's a personal life choice. And I think that's most important of all is the personal choices we make in our life. And I think that's really cool. Something that has changed Um, over my life that is a priority. Um, More recent is I like to speak my mind with my friends. And for the longest time, I would never do this. I was, and most cases still am, a people pleaser. I like to see people happy. And if I can do something to obtain that, to cultivate that, and to help, I love helping people. But because of this, a lot of the times my own self needs and happiness were taken advantage of. So it was a friend of mine. We were at her house one night and it was like 930 at night and she was tired and she goes, okay, I'm done. I'm going to bed. Good night. And she told me later on that she felt very bad the way she said that, but it clicked in my head that if you're a friend, you won't be offended by this, that we all have different life schedules and things going on in our life, that you telling your friends exactly what you want to do and what you what you're physically need, it shouldn't be an apologetic situation. So now if I need to go somewhere Or if I'm invited over to do something and I can't, I have no qualms not making an excuse. And I just say, I really don't want to do that. And I think that's really important to be able to be open and honest with your friends and not try to uh, skirt issues and be like, oh, well, this one guy's coming over at noon and I can't do anything that day. Just say, no, that doesn't interest me. And I never get offended. If I ask someone to do something with me and they say that doesn't interest me, I'm not offended at all. That just makes me think that, oh cool, I wanna do something with them that they will be happy with, but this one thing they're not on board for and that's totally cool. I'll find another friend who is interested and I think that's cool. And this I do similar to my friend um, when I'm tired. If I have friends over at my house and I am tired or if I'm over at someone else's house, I have no qualms now about being, no, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home and go to bed. Um, Most of the time I found that this happens uh, more and more on the phone and the phone is my arch nemesis. I hate being on the phone. When I was younger, I loved it. I loved talking to friends. I would just sit up and talk to them on the phone for hours. And now anything over 30 seconds seems like punishment. Uh, just being on the phone is 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 agony for me. So, if I'm close to someone on the phone, if if I'm a friend or family Um, I have no problem now saying, I don't want to talk on the phone anymore. I'm bored and I have things to do. I'm going to hang up. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll cushion this blow by saying, go away, go do something awesome with your day. And I try and make them laugh. But uh, I am am very proud of where I'm at, where I can speak my mind. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back... We're gonna hear what everyone else holds to their chest as a priority, but has changed over their life. This podcast is brought to you by Night Owls Media.
1: Once upon a time, you met your favorite person, and decided to get married. Or you found your passion and started your own business. Or you created something that needed to be shared with the world. Or for some other reason, you found yourself needing a video. Enter Night Owls Media. We are Chicago-based filmmakers who love to travel and honestly believe there is no project too big or too small. Everyone's story deserves to be told and it's our passion to help tell yours. Night Owls Media stays up late to get the job done right. And we can't wait to meet you and be a part of your story.
0: Contact us today at nightowlsmedia.com and check out all our services that we can provide for you. If you can dream it, we can create it. nightowlsmedia.com What is a priority in your life? that has changed over time? Hmm.
2: Probably, uh, talking with my daughter. Um, back in the day, it was, you know, it's hard to talk to a child. Well, I mean, from some people, at least for me, but now that she's gotten older, um, she's almost 19 now. I mean, we talk a lot more and it's quite more enjoyable. Um, it does suck that, uh, I wasn't able to relate to her on a level when she was a kid, but, mm. you know, I, I, I guess I'll take what I could get now and, you know, as, quote, ups, you know, and I think I'm the bigger quote than she is, uh, you know, we get along a lot better and we could talk a lot smoother and uh, I think that's pretty cool.
3: My name is Marie, and I am from St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: What is a priority that you hold close to your chest that's changed over time?
4: I would say my life.
3: I think growing up, it was always a mix of me trying to please others and do what they wanted me to do. So I would focus all of my attention on them, and I'd completely neglect myself. And now it's kind of completely switched, where I tend to myself, but I still also tend to my friends
5: when I can. My name is M. I am from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I would say self-care. Um, I think that I've always, before that term existed, <laughs> um, you know, did a lot of of soul searching, did a lot of self-help books, and did a lot of um, have always worked on bettering myself and, and, um, and I think that it's changed a lot over time and I think especially after I found um, my current therapist and realizing all the work that I was doing only gets you so far if you don't have someone who's qualified to, to help you process it. So it's changed quite a bit.
6: My name is Rob, and I am from the Midwest in America. Probably the desire for stuff.
4: Hmm.
6: You know, when I was younger, it was a priority. Like, I want I want a cool car, and I want stuff. And like we talked about collecting, I want to collect everything. And that was kind of a priority in my life. Like, how do I get to that next thing? And I really don't have that now. Uh the priority now to me is, is continuing t- to learn. It's like education is a huge priority for me. Uh, before we talked today, I was on taking uh, some online courses because, I mean, there's stuff out there I don't know, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not about stuff anymore. It's about knowledge. And stuff comes and goes. It's like, it's like money. I talked about money a few times on here, but money comes and goes, man. Uh, There were times where I'm sure we were the richest people in the room. There's also been plenty of times where we have clearly been the poorest people in the room. Did it change who we were? No. Uh, Is it all cyclical? Yeah, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. I don't worry about it now. I think about it like, yeah, we, we, need to find a way when it's on the low end to bring it back up. But in reality, it, 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 it comes and goes, man. And stuff is just stuff. You know, that's why I said, I'm, I'm able to sell off these toys. It used to be, I think there was an emotional attachment to it. Now it's like, no, I just don't want to throw them in the garbage. I want somebody to get them. That's the only thing I'm hanging on to them for is I keep like thinking, how do I get this into somebody's hands? Who's going to have some appreciation. It's going to be something they, are happy to have. That's it. I just don't want it thrown away. There's enough waste in the world. If somebody likes this stuff, give it to them.
5: My name is Sarah and I'm from a podunk town in Iowa. One priority has definitely been re-examining my relationships with certain people and not investing as much time trying to chase after a certain level of friendship or relationship with certain people um granted I think a lot of this comes with age too and the our 20s I think are kind of that testing ground for for it's almost like a battleground in our 20s we're constantly um at least if you're a woman I don't know about man a men, but uh for for women, like we it seems like all my drama happened in my twenties, and I was overly concerned with what everyone thought of me, even more than I am now. And over time, that's changed. The party has changed to focusing on the people that matter most in your life, that you have the most contact with with your life, and that who you and who you want to have the most contact with in your life. And if you if you narrow it down to that group. <clears throat> It can alleviate that, that, that concern, that overly concerned feeling of, of, I have to keep in touch with absolutely everyone, a hundred percent of the time, or I'm not a good friend or person. And so this past couple of years, especially I've been trying to do that more. And I think the priorities with that have definitely changed and it's, and it's caused a lot of relief because we're all busy. We're all busy people. Um, one thing my husband said to me, and this this goes back to like when I was having a lot of issue with dramas and drama in my twenties because Facebook was one of those things where if you if you wanted to start drama, you had to be pass- you were passive aggressive on Facebook, you posted something passive aggressive as if to, and people still do it to this day, and they recognize it immediately and it's they posted. A passive aggressive post that's really directed at one or two people, but they're so irritated about it that they just have to let it out. It's this catharsis and they have to let it out on social media and scream it to the world in the hopes deep down that maybe it'll strike a chord with the person it was meant for. And all it ends up doing is stir up all the other people that it wasn't meant for. And that kind of toxic um, evolution. Is something that led my husband to say to me one day, because I was always, I always had FOMO, you know, people are posting pictures and on Instagram and Facebook, and you always feel like you're missing out and that they, that, that you wish they would have invited you or they're having so much fun and I'm not. And my husband said to me one day, and if you knew my husband personally, you don't, this would make more sense. He goes, you are not important. You are not that important. You're not so important that other people would purposely go out of their way to exclude you from something. They're not even thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. And what are you doing? You're not thinking about them. You're thinking about yourself. So now that's, you know, you, talk, you're, you started out with motto at the beginning. And I wouldn't say this is my motto now because now, of course, the the juices are flowing and I'm thinking more about this, but I say that more to anybody to I say that same thing that my husband said in a little bit more of a gentler way to more people. I I say that more to people than I say probably anything else. Sometimes when they're going through something similar, it's like, where are your priorities at are your priorities in being overly concerned with what everyone else thinks of you hundred percent of the time because I guarantee that that person is feeling the same way and that's completely canceling you each each other out you're canceling each other out by having those feelings and you're left with nothing <laughs> my name is Sean
7: and I am from Chicago um, you know I I used to hold this priority of really trying to be this people pleaser, like trying Mm -hmm. to please everybody, you Mm -hmm. know, like I think that I found joy in that, you know, people really just like, like, you know, being like, oh, they can come to me for anything and, and me just being that guy that people can be there. But, you know, I started realizing that, you know, people are not going to treat you the same way you treat them. And and there has to be an equal balance. The scales cannot tip to one side. And that's another reason why I'm still single, I believe, is because, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship that's not a true balance or partnership. And I'm not no longer going to make excuses for reasons of why I felt like I should be in that person's life or we should be together. Um, I, I don't think that like relationships come easy But there's got to be like a fair balance of give and take. And so, um, so yeah, so I would definitely say like, you know, my, my perception of being this people pleaser is something that like, I always thought I had to be. And over the last few years, especially getting close when I was getting close to my 30s, I really changed that outlook. And I started to like realize that there's a big difference between being selfish and being a selfist.
2: My name is Zach. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Definitely how I deal with the things that I own. Um, I've never been a very organized person. Um, I'm kind of a mess. And at one point my life was very messy and I just had, you know, a bunch of things that I didn't actually need. Um, there was a point recently in my life, uh, a point recently in my life where I got a wake up call I didn't know I needed. And so it was time to make the hard decision and just kind of clear, clear my head, clear the clouds and just kind of clear the clutter, I guess is a, the best way to put it. Um, and you kind of ask yourself that question. Have I used it in the last year? Do I need it? Do I want it? Mm-hmm. Um, some of those answers are yes, but it's I haven't touched this in, in one year, two years, three years. If I needed it, I would have used it, and so i just get rid of it, clear the clutter. Um, And it's been been really great, actually. I think that getting rid of stuff that I didn't need, thinking that I did and I didn't, I feel so much better about it now, several weeks after getting rid of it. I filled two giant trash cans full of junk that I thought I needed. And once I got rid of it, I don't miss it. There aren't things that I thought, ooh, I, I could use that right now haven't had that moment yet, and so I feel at ease. I feel like like a weight has been lifted off of me for some reason, Um, and I think that's a really good thing, a really good feeling.
8: Hello, my name's Dan from Cambridge, UK.
0: What's a priority that you've held in your life that's changed over time?
8: going out I guess (laughs) going out (laughs) yeah you know know, when you're growing up and you're younger it's all about going to clubs and pubs and whatnot and then as you get older you don't
0: did you like going to clubs and pubs when you were younger
8: not particularly but (laughs) I enjoyed festivals and such Mm
0: -hmm.
9: what about festivals did you like
8: just the camping and the music There was another reason for the word bollocks. English festivals, you know, it was a way that the campsites used to say goodnight, I think, or just scream at each other, and every night the entire crowd would all scream bollocks to each other. Really? Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people screaming bollocks.
0: That has to sound cool.
8: Yeah, it's quite fun.
0: Do you not want to go anymore?
8: Well, I just don't want to go with, don't really have the money. Life panned out differently, and now I'm spending all my time drawing and just trying to think and come up with ideas.
10: We are Lauren and Ryan, and we are from Chicago, Illinois. Um, a prior, so it's kind of like kind of silly, but. So a big priority was constantly other people for me, right? So I would constantly prioritize other people. But what happened was I always thought that I was going to work for someone else. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to work in hospitals. I was going to be, you know, maybe a chiropractor and, and work for someone else, right? Always working for the man because that's how I was taught and raised, right? My parents are like... You know, I'm gonna make my parents happy, right? And say, you know, my parents would always say, You're never gonna make money in art, you know, you you're gonna you're gonna be a starving artist, you're not gonna be successful, go and, and get a career and work for the man, you know? So I always did and I always listened to them, but when my photography career started taking off and being successful, my mindset completely changed, and I was like, "I am never going to work for someone else ever again. I'm only going to work for myself." You know, I'm not always going to listen to my parents. I'm not always going to, you know, work for the man because that is it's going to be so different. So that's probably the best thing I could think of.
1: So my priorities have changed over time. Um, so I'm a born rebel. You know, the the typical rebel without a cause, um, and, and so my rebellious nature. Um, I didn't recognize for a long time how ingrained it was where, you know, I'd I'd cut off my nose to spite my face kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it it took me a long time to really recognize because I always viewed it as a quality, right? Being a rebel is a quality, you know, Uh, you know, Jimmy Dean kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it, it's not necessary quality, especially when you find it, you know, just because somebody tells you something in the wrong tone, uh, you don't want to do it. You know, you, mm. have to, you have to look at that behavior. And so my priority used to be being a rebel. You know, that's what I wanted to be, always, you know, trying to find that cause, something to, to you know, buck the system. And, uh, you know, as, as time has evolved, I, I have begun to cherry pick. I, I still use that rebellious energy but I try to direct it into the things that are really meaningful and not just be a rebel for the sake of being a rebel. Uh, You know, not just, you know, just because you tell me to do something, I'm not gonna do it now. Or if you tell me not to do it, I'm gonna jump off that bridge, right? You gotta have balance there. Being, you know, all of these qualities that we have uh, taken to extremes can become a negative, right? Confidence taken to an extreme becomes cockiness, right? Rebelliousness taken to an extreme just becomes stupid. So, but in moderation and used for the, for the right things, those, those are great qualities to have.
11: My name is Brett and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. For sure. Um, I would say like my creative passions are definitely a priority that I have put ahead of things and I haven't. I don't necessarily regret it. I put, a, I put it ahead of relationships, you know, where a girl's like, if you don't come right to bed right now, I'm going to break up with you. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to finish this music video because I just can't not. I have to. And so I have put that ahead of absolutely everything at every stage of the game, because I think if I don't succeed at something creatively at some point, it is just really going to psychologically not be cool for me but the last few years i think i've been able to let go of that a little more and just realize that you know maybe that won't happen and i'm a little better at prioritizing some of my other relationships and um more pragmatic work things uh instead of doing that and just being more comfortable with the idea that it'll be if it's going to be
12: Hi, my name is Chris. I'm from Elgin, Illinois. Oh, I definitely think about, um, you know, before when I was younger, it was all about money and about achieving some kind of status. And now my priority is just, I I think, doing, you know, putting a good, honest effort into what I do and being passionate and truthful about what I try to do um, is much more. Important and the, you know, you know, I used to think that if I could make a lot of money, that'll be satisfying. Now, would it be easier? Maybe, but it wouldn't be better for you. And I think just being a better person is much more what I'm striving for now. You know, I don't need anything fancy, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to, you know, have an impact and be good with you know, help people out. Um, you know, being, excuse me, being fortunate um, enough to. Be able to be in the position to help people—it's—it's a—it's a a huge responsibility, but it's also can be very, very gratifying. And I think it's—I think that's so much better than look what I have and look what I had, look what I got, and look how much I did this because that's all. I mean that that that's a short term and a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, It it it's not a long lasting effect. It's very temporary. Um, yeah, you can have a lot of money, you can lose a lot of money. I've had a lot and lost a lot. Um. I've had nothing and I've had, I've been pretty well off to have pretty much whatever I want. And you know what, when I've had almost nothing, I've been the happiest I've ever been. And when I've had pretty much all I've wanted, I was the most miserable I've ever been. So that doesn't, you know, that doesn't bode well. So you gotta have both. You gotta have a good mix of both to make it work.
9: My name is Potato Johnson. And I am from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Again, I'm going to have to say uh, maybe like going out with friends. It's like that was number one most important thing. And I think it's kind of because I'm not super close with my, my immediate family, um, like parents and sister and all that. So it was kind of like friends were my family. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I got married and I have a son and I have work and I have all these other things, it becomes, I think, more important to make sure I'm here for them than, uh, going out and hanging out and doing all that stuff. So it's, I've got to find a, a good balance, uh, between that. Um, and, and I think that comes more down to definition of family. Um, because when your group of friends is your family, you do everything to ensure that they're taken care of and that you're spending as much time as possible with them. But then when you have, um, you know, you create your own little unit, you've kind of got to focus on them more than you do your what I would consider an extended family being your friends. So mm. I think that's changed. It's just a slight change of of focus but trying to keep both in the same same view.
13: My name is Michael, and I'm in the Naperville area. So something that I've learned from um, my uh, mentors is that you are a bad person for working for yourself. I don't care who you are or what you do. I. When you work for somebody else, you work three times as hard when you know that person is helpless. So what I think in my mind, and I first say, no, I'm fucking selfish. I gain all the respect. My nephew, he has no father, right? His mom finally got welfare because she can't get it through a fucking thick skull to figure out how to make money. So she worked for four years to get on welfare to be mentally disabled. She got her own Mm -hmm. house, everything. I thought I was selfish, but when I realized my nephew's 12 years old and I'm setting an example of how not to be that way, I worked four times as hard because I know when I made a bad decision, it ultimately trickled down to him because when he takes over my empire, when he goes to college, when he wants to buy a car, it's not going to be his mom on the hook. My parents are going to go. My parents are going to be dead by the time he gets to that point. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I got to look at the real facts. And I want to give him the life that no one could afford me. And that's why I look at it and I say that with all due respect as a parent. And they say this, that men, 90%, when they become a father, they work four times as hard because they know what their time is worth at that point. Because they didn't have anybody else to take care of other than when they had that child. Women, it's the opposite. When women get information and they become more intellectually in depth, they work four times as hard because they know the opportunity cost of their friends who do have kids that gave up on their dreams. Now, I'm not saying neither one of those people are bad or good, but inherently, if you just took a statistical way of looking at the world, men with kids become four times more successful and maybe four times is a little bit of an exaggeration because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm just going to say what I think I remembered. Are four times more successful when they have kids and they put someone in front of them, that's when they become more driven. But women are the opposite. When they get more information, they became more successful because they don't have anything physically holding them back. Now, women are great moms. They deserve all the praise in the world, and I want them to feel like that. they didn't trade off anything. They gained something. Much like as men gain something from having a kid. And when I put my nephew as that center of attention, the way if I would have had a son, I became more aware than when I was trying to be like, fuck that shit, this is mine. Does that make sense?
14: My name is Mark Allen Fishman. I am from Homewood, Illinois priority in my life that has changed over time um importance of self for sure um as much as i am still fully ego driven and anyone who knows me knows that uh that's still part of me and i still do so much of everything that i do because i i have to live off those likes and smiles and praises and those things but beyond that um I got three boys and I've got, I know deep down that anything I do doesn't matter at all. If I don't raise three really great kids and that is the priority and that's, that's been the priority. And I can say, you know, it's the hardest job to do, um, well, you know, I was hopeful that I would just have three little introverted geniuses like their daddy, and that I could just usher them through the pain of being a nerd and, you know, shelter them into the hipster life of a comic book enthusiast who knows more than their friends do. And um they, they can have the hip dad that makes comics and he tells jokes once a month and you know, he can play a guitar every now and again and you know, blah, 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 and they don't give two shits about that. So uh, <laughs> just raising them right and making sure that they understand that everything that I do, every joke I tell, every comic I write or draw, every, uh, you know, MySpace quiz, I make people giggle over or uh, crack the Facebook code and get 208 comments on a thread that uh, when I do these things, that it is all with a semicolon so that one day I can impart to them (laughs) that wisdom and say, hey, uh, this is how you do this thing. This is how you this is what you should be doing. This is how you get yourself right. And that hopeful that, uh, you know, like everybody, I hope my kids have a better life than I do. And I already had a great life. So um my grandkids are going to be spoil as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but none of them are t- touching my goddamn Nerf guns.
3: My name is Stella, and I'm from Chicago. Business. Um, you know, I've realized with the ups and downs of business, it was always my number one thing. Um, it was something I was proud of. It was something, you know, being a first generation, um, a Syrian American. Um, I thought, well, you know, my parents came to this country. I'm going to make it a, you know, make it a thing um, and really make them proud. And and I realized, like, I could make them proud and have them still love me. And they've always been supportive. I'm very, very lucky. But um you know, I didn't need to make it all or nothing, you know, super successful in the business or nothing. Um, and that's something that I've learned recently, you know, over the years with like Steven's accident and a couple of years ago, the wedding industry was going through a rough time. Now the wedding industry is going through a rough time. My definition of success and how I was viewed from a business aspect, I think really, has changed and I've realized it's okay for me to go up and down with it and that it's not going to define me. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons.
15: My name is John. I am from the West suburbs of Chicago. Uh, For me personally, that's probably been my, my art. Um, uh, because like I said, like my, my technical job slash career is not as an artist, but that's my passion. And so it's, it's always been a background, you know, element of my life continuously for like 20 years now. And over the years it's waxed and waned and, um, uh, because of different life events of how much I'm working or, or on art or not. And um, but always in the background of my mind is all like the one thing I want to do before I die is like create my masterpiece, which would in my mind is like some kind of a, a, an actual graphic novel that I write and draw that has meaning to it. That will be remembered, you know? Mm. Like to do that at least once because I don't. I know that I haven't done that yet. What's but,
0: keeping you from it?
15: <clears throat> well, n- right now, knowing what I would want it to be about, or actually writing something, um, that's it. You know, like be um, as the years have passed. Like I've had um, ideas and concepts that I've s- actually w- worked on or started. Uh, but, uh, because like so many things change, um, as life moves forward that like things I was passionate about or ideas that I thought were brilliant in 2013, like by 2015, I'm like, nah, that sucks. You know? And now in 2020, I'm like, that really sucks. I need, you know, like something better and, and you know, and for me too, and this is a flaw I have as well, where it's like, when I'm talking about like, oh, I'm going to do the graphic novel, like I'm not talking about creating a, a character, you know, that I can license and do something with and make money off of. I'm talking about basically my version of the great American novel, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So something of, of of something so good. That, like, when when I finish it, like, my soul just escapes my body. Because it's like, my soul's like, your work's done on this earth, son. You know, it's like we can ascend to be sit at the right hand of God now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Priorities almost make us who we are or what we value most. And that's important. I believe the priorities we hold really speak true to who we are deep down and on the surface. And know that sharing and hearing these stories makes the world a little more connected. Like no matter what's happening in your life right now, know that you're not alone that we're all in this story of life together. Do you have a story about a priority in your life that's changed over time? Email us at behindeverystory@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us here on Behind Every Story. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app or head on over to iTunes and rate us those five stars because the more reviews we have, uh, the more listeners We can share with and the more stories we can hear. Make sure to like us and follow us on Facebook at Behind Every Story Podcast to stay up to date on every new episode. And you can always find us on our website, behindeverystory.com. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. Thank you to the storytellers out there sharing their priorities and how they've changed, big and small. And thank you to our guests this week Brett, Bob, Brandon, Chris. Chris, Daniel, John, Lauren and Ryan, M, Mark, Marie, Michael, Potato Johnson, Rob, Sarah, Stella, Sean and Zach. I've been your storyteller, Jason Oesterkamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. Join us again next time when I get to ask everyone the age old question, what's more important, being rich or in love? We'll see you next time on Behind Every Story.